0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Ne ahmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, wa nasta'athiruhu, wa nubinu bihi, wa natawakalu alayhi. Fusina, na'udhu billahi min wa min sayyati amalina. Mayahdihi allahu falamudillalah, mayyudlilhu falamudillalah, mayyudlilhu falamudillalah. Wa nashhado an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhado anna muhammadana abduhu wa rasooluhu. وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرة أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. ونستعينه, we seek His help. ونستغفره, we seek His forgiveness. We seek His forgiveness and we believe in him and we trust and rely upon him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets us stray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and many more, and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand here before you. And that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is changing? What is changing in the world? What is changing in our society? What is changing in our relationships? And what is changing in our hearts? Perhaps a few of you caught the inauguration that just happened a little while ago, and perhaps you've seen the speech. If you have not, I encourage that you watch it, or at least you read it, and watch it or read it as though it is not Trump who's speaking, but it's Obama who's speaking, because I'm guessing most of you like Obama more than you like Trump, unless you're Syrian, and you'd be justified not to like uh, uh, Obama, but the point I'm making, my beloved brothers and sisters is that it is easy for us to think that the end of the world just began uh, this afternoon. Okay? No, it did not. And I'm saying that for a few reasons. Number one, first and foremost, if you're feeling dread because of the world we have entered, why? At the end of the day, the prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have told us, That if you are planting a tree and you see the end of the world coming right before you, what should you do? You keep planting your tree. And think about what that metaphor means, that when you are planting a tree, the people who really benefit from the tree are later generations. So if you're convinced that the end of the world is happening right now, you continue the work that you're doing. If you're convinced that the end of the world has begun and will all be gone and put into concentration camps within the next year, you still keep doing the work that you're doing. You should pay attention to what's taking place in society and sometimes we should pay attention to what's happening in chutbas. And the point being, my beloved brothers and sisters, is that strangely, I actually find myself more optimistic right now than I was 24 hours ago. And I was wondering why. And of course, maybe I give too many movie analogies, but when you watch a horror film, It's scary until the monster shows up. And then when the monster shows up, the movie's not scary anymore. So now we're in that period. And I'm not calling our president a monster, but what I am saying is that now we have crossed the line. We are now in the Trump presidency. And we're all still here right now. I'm guessing we'll all still be here tomorrow. I'm going to give you a different example. That at around 800 years ago, 900 years ago, the capital of the world and the capital of the Muslim world was Baghdad, Baghdad. And there were forces coming from the west and forces coming from the east, wiping out the entirety of the Islamic civilization. From the east, it was the Mongols coming from southern China all the way across Afghanistan, making their way into the Middle East, all the way to Baghdad. So you've all heard of Rumi. Rumi is actually from Afghanistan. He's from a place called Balkh in Afghanistan, which was historically a seat of Buddhist learning until that whole region became Muslim. And his father was the chief scholar in their town. But as the Mongols were coming in, wiping everything out, his father packed up the family and kept moving everyone east so they don't get wiped out by the Mongols. And eventually they made their way to Baghdad. And later on, he makes his way to what is modern-day Konya in modern-day Turkey. And while that is taking place from one direction, from the other direction, coming from the West, from Europe, is the Crusades. Starting in 1090, the Crusades are coming to reclaim the Holy Land from the infidels. And the infidels were you and I, the Holy Land being Jerusalem. And what did we see in the discourse of the Muslim preachers at this time? They were saying, Yajuj and Majuj are here. That if you're familiar with the teachings of the the prophet, peace be upon him, of end times, one of the teachings is that these two groups, Yajuj and Majuj, will rise up, they'll be very hard to defeat, and they're going to wipe out everything. And there have been all kinds of theories throughout history, even in the 20th century, of who Yajuj and Majuj are. But at that time, 800 years ago, 900 years ago, This is what our preachers were saying. Yajuj and Majuj are here, and Islam is done. But what was left out of the picture is that Islam was still growing in Spain at the same time. Islam was still flourishing in North Africa at the same time. And you and I are still here 800 years, 900 years later. Or I'll give you a different story that a group of Muslims who had just accomplished one of the greatest victories in the entire history of the world was facing the Romans in a place called Tabuk. And these were Muslims who had just accomplished the impossible, and now they're facing the Romans, so they should be full of faith. They should be full of energy. They should be full of zeal. But when they saw how many Romans there were fighting them, many of them got afraid. And literally, they started retreating and turning back. And so who were these Muslims? These were the Sahaba. And what was the greatest victory that they had just accomplished? The conquest of Mecca. And now they're facing the Romans, and so many of them, so many of our our Muslim predecessors who had already defeated the Quraysh by winning them over, they became Muslim, who had taken over the entirety of the Arabian Peninsula, And the leader in this battle is the Prophet ﷺ himself. But when they were facing the Romans, they started getting afraid. They thought their power was in their numbers. And then as the ayah in Surah Tawbah describes, the ninth surah describes that even as they looked at the world, it felt like the world was constricting around them. And so they started shaking in their hearts and they started turning around and retreating. And the Prophet Sallallahu who's still firmly in place, he's calling them back. Ya Ahl al-Badr. Remember, these are Muslims who witnessed or participated in the Battle of Badr. And that's what happens. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? These Sahaba then did come back. They came back and rejuvenated and then continued with the expansion of Islam. What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? You are going to go through periods of higher and lower faith. And sometimes your faith is going to get challenged by what's happening in our society, but usually what is challenging your faith is not so much what is happening, but your fear of what might happen. Just like I was saying yesterday, I was less optimistic than I am today, and maybe it's because now we're in the zone, now we're in the period of the Trump presidency, and so now let's do what we have to do. In Surat Ali Imran, which actually speaks about the Battle of Badr. Let's remind ourselves about the Battle of Badr. I'm sure you're all experts on it, because every Sunday school in the world talks about it over and over again. But remind yourself, our predecessors, there were only 300 or so of them against a 1,000 on the other side. And according to one interpretation of one particular ayah in Surat Ali Imran, What does it also say? That when the Muslims who were 300 were looking at the 1,000 on the other side, Allah Ta'ala made it look as though they were looking at 2,000. So it wasn't three times their size, it was seven times their size. And then, as you know, the Muslims were barely armed, whereas the Quraysh were fully armed. And what is the lesson to take from that? That if they were on the battlefield for any purpose other than service to Allah They had nothing to turn to. They couldn't rely upon weapons. They couldn't rely upon strategy. They had nothing to turn to. And so their faith was all that they had. And you and I know, because we've been taught this a million times in Sunday school, they won. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? One lesson to take from this moment is that if you don't have faith, then you've got nothing now. Right? Because the direction legislation legislation seems to be taking is against us, as well as undocumented Latinos who are probably in worse shape than we are, as well as LGBT, as well as Jews, as well as other minority and and marginalized groups. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? We do have a ton of money, mashallah, in our community, but it gets hard to get people to donate. We do have quite a few million Muslims in our community, but. When push comes to shove, a lot of people get shoved and get afraid. And I'm saying you don't have that privilege. Because if you have Iman, then what are you thinking to yourself? That Allah is the one who allowed this person to become president. Allah is the one that if any destruction happens to us, He is allowing it. He is the same person who is giving me my iman, and he is the same person who is giving the test in front of me, and he does not give me a test I cannot handle. And so I will face whatever it is I have to face. And it is easy to become pessimistic when you look at the destruction that happens in places like Syria, when you look at the destruction that happens in places like Iraq, when you look at how the occupation has continued in Philistine, and then look at the destruction in Afghanistan, Central African Republic, wherever it is you want to look. It's easy to become pessimistic. But then, that is an excuse to be ungrateful for the situation you're in right now. Yes, you should absolutely pay attention to the suffering of our brothers and sisters in humanity, our brothers and sisters in Islam, and our brothers and sisters in our own family overseas, in nearby, but that cannot come at the cost of your gratitude for what you have. If you are not being grateful for the situation you're in right now, sitting in a comfortable room, mashallah, sitting in comfortable carpets, mashallah, if you're not being grateful for that right now, then you are missing the boat. And then you will fall into despair. And also in Surat Ali Imran, what else are we told about those people who when the hypocrites around them are telling them, be afraid, be afraid, we're doomed. For the believers, it actually increases them in faith because they know that the promises of Allah are true, and they know that no matter how chaotic things are happening, it is Allah that is making it happen, and Allah is not negligent of what you and I are going through. So remember this, my beloved brothers and sisters, and I'm saying it one more time sincerely that I have a lot more optimism right now at 1 o'clock than I did yesterday at 1 o'clock. But now, let us take a moment and think about Allah and ask Him for forgiveness. Wa <laughs> We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Taala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. My beloved brothers and sisters, it's the same question. Ask yourself, what is changing? And I'll suggest to you something. If a period of time goes where we don't hear frightening news about what may happen to us, you and I I know what's going to happen, that most of us in our community are going to go back to business as usual. And so the point is that sometimes what it takes is for our backs to be against the wall when we finally turn to Allah. And yeah, in that moment, you should. But what I'm saying right now, you're still in a position of comfort, even though there is psychological trauma, there is a lot of fear, but rather than wait for our backs to be against the wall, start marching forward. Even if we listen to the rhetoric, the Islamophobic rhetoric, as our Bosnian students here can tell you, especially from what they've heard from their family members, what was taking place in Bosnia 25 years ago, that at that time, these Serbian power brokers took over and what did they start preaching? Be careful of these Muslims, they want to take all of your women. They marry four wives, they want to take all of your women. This is the rhetoric that they were literally doing at the time. And so many were saying, well, that's absurd to say that no one's going to believe this, everything's going to be fine. Bosnian Muslims had been there already for centuries as a central part of the community. and We know what happened in Bosnia. So I'm not telling you that things are going to be okay, as I've said many times, I don't know where we're gonna be in a year. I really have no idea where we're gonna be in a year. But I will tell you that if you do not have iman in your heart, if you do not cultivate iman in your heart, you are going to be so full of terror, you're gonna drive yourself insane. So another reason why I'm saying to focus on your relationship with Allah is to keep your own sanity. That as the chaos increases, if at the very least, just because of how much people like to chatter on social media. I love social media because it's my stand-up comedy routine, but everyone likes to give their pontification about their analysis. Imam Majid from Washington DC is going to give the Adhan, and this is why it's bad, this is why it's good, so far and so on, that's all well and good. But what I'm saying is that when you're looking at all this, it bombards you, and it gets to become clutter in your mind. But if you develop your relationship with Allah, it will give you serenity. Those are the ayahs that we have quoted, mashallah, on our doors to the musalla that in the remembrance of Allah, a heart will find tranquility. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? If there's any time in your life where this is an open door to really cultivate your iman, this is definitely it. And I don't mean this in the way you're taught in Sunday school and every Friday, Khutbah, because this could actually be the first day towards our doom. But like I said, I'm still optimistic. And if we have Iman in our hearts, then what are they gonna do to us? This is a famous line attributed to Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah is a very interesting scholar from the same era that the Mongols were coming in and wiping out everyone. And he would be put into prison. And his point, his lesson, you can't put me into prison. Even if you lock me up, I'm free in my reflection on Allah. And I don't want any of us to be locked up. Well, what am I saying? That the more you are immersed in Allah, the more you're going to be free from the things that make everyone else afraid. The more you are immersed in Allah, the more you're going to be free from the things that make everyone else lose their minds. And I'm saying this from experience. That if the people around us, and this is what you'll hear sometimes, the people around us, if they could appreciate the sakina, the tranquility, the sweetness that a heart of iman has, everybody would want it. And I'm inviting each and every one of you to that. Especially because it will make life much easier to deal with. And frankly, look back at your life. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. One of the blessings of being as young as I am, mashallah, having gone through many short, long years as I have, mashallah, is that I've already gone through so many things. And we have a lesson from the Sufis, this too will pass. I've gone through so many challenges, even in the past semester. And this too will pass. You're gonna be hit with challenges this week. You're gonna be hit with challenges this semester, not related to politics. You're gonna be hit with challenges this year. And you just have to get through them. We have this suburban mentality in our society. That is a very American mentality that somehow we deserve paradise in this world. And then when we have a little bit of suffering, we start getting really disappointed and our faith starts to shake. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through that? And it's fascinating because when you look at people throughout the rest of the world, it's the opposite, where so many people in the rest of the world are accustomed to the fact that, yeah, struggle, 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 moment of prosperity. Our approach is often different. Prosperity, yeah, that's what I deserve. Prosperity, that's what I deserve. Prosperity, that's what I deserve. Flat tire, oh, my God, how could God let this happen to me, right? What am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? You are going to be hit with struggle, regardless of who becomes president and you just get through it. I've given the example for those of you who are my Facebook friends, that I was at the gym. Yeah, people who go to the gym like to tell you that they go to the gym. I don't know why, but I was at the gym and someone literally bent open my lock and stole my phone, stole my wallet. Number one, alhamdulillah, they didn't steal my keys. If they stole my keys, I would have been really in bad shape. But what is the lesson that I just gave you? Even if you're hit with a struggle, Try to notice, as quickly as you can, how the struggle could have been worse. Because I was first disappointed. Oh, why did these guys steal my stuff? Thankfully, they left my clothes. I guess my clothes didn't fit them. But thankfully, alhamdulillah, they left my keys. And so I was actually happy as all the stuff was happening. And then I had to spend that whole evening trying to turn off all my credit cards. It seems like those guys decide to buy gas with my, my card. They didn't have any money because I'm a teacher. I didn't have any cash in the, in, the, in the wallet, mashallah. But the point I'm making is that I had to spend then the whole day Friday getting another driver's license, doing this, doing that, doing that. But something else interesting happened. You know, I have all these monthly bills, monthly payments, monthly donations, Netflix, this, that. And they're going through all these different sources, and it was hard for me to keep up. But now that I was able to cancel all my cards, I was able to consolidate it all. Baraka came out of that moment. And remember this with every struggle that you face. I'll give you another example that I've already given to some of you. You know, because again, I'm a leftist teacher. I have to drive a Prius because it makes me feel like I'm saving the world that way. <laughs> and because of parallel parking, there's a whole bunch of scratches in the rear bumper that I would always look at thinking about you know, trying to paint that, but I don't want to shell out hundreds of bucks just for all these little black spots. And then what happened? I usually park in the garage all the way in the corner. And then one day somebody crashed into my car while it was parked. Okay. This is last semester. And I'm walking over to find out, okay, what happened? All right, I'll deal with it. Hopefully it's not such a bad accident that I have to take a different way home. No, they just hit my bumper. So put it together. What just happened? So I go into the insurance. They fix the bumper. Scratcher's gone. <laughs> this is how it works, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every struggle that you hit with, there is baraka there. Every struggle that you are hit with, there is baraka in terms of what you're actually seeking. It doesn't mean struggle's easy, struggle's painful. I don't want to have to deal with my car, I don't want to have to deal with my wallets, I don't want to have to deal with all the other struggles that I faced. But over and over again, in each case, I could point out big blessings that actually manifested. And that is the case with every single struggle that you face. And I'm saying that with decades of experience watching it happen in my own life. So with that, my beloved brothers and sisters, once again, I'm telling you, at this point, one o'clock on Friday, I'm more optimistic than I was one o'clock yesterday. I'm not telling you for a second life is gonna be easy, But I will tell you, life will be full of barakah, you just have to be able to see it. Sometimes you have to look for it to be able to see it. So with that, I remind you of someone who has tested far more than all of us put together. That is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the loose translation is: In, uh, indeed, 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 Allah and His messengers send blessings upon the Prophet. O oh, you who believe, send blessings upon the Prophet. Inna Allahu <laughs> wa malaikatuhu saluna ala Nabi. Ya ayyuha amanu, salu alayhi wa salimu taslima. Allahumma salli ala Wa ala alihi wa wa barik wa Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barakusalim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barak wa O oh Allah we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. O turner of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience, so we can find the sweetness of Iman in our hearts. And if we have any rancor against any of our brothers and sisters, guide us to wash it out of our hearts. And oh Allah, please do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon, wassalamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, aqimussalah.